Because there's never an off day in the greatest sports city on earth. Here are the biggest stories and everything else you need to know from the new title town. It's Breaking Boston with Andy Hart and Nick Fixie Stevens. What did this win mean to you guys as a group to, to fight the way you did? Big win. Um, big win. You know, anytime you get the win in the playoffs, it means a lot. Um, definitely with our backs against the wall, we didn't want to go out like that. So um, we, we galvanized um, last night and we all wanted to come out and win and to be able to come out and execute and do it is big. So now um, we take it back home into the garden and um, try to keep that and carry it on and try to get another win. That was Jalen Brown doing the talking, and tonight the garden should be rocking. Game five, still alive. Good morning, good day. It is breaking Boston. It's Fitzy, it's Hart, and it's you and your never-ending lust for all the latest in Boston sports and more. Don't have time for a full sports radio show? We got it all for you in 20 minutes or less each and every morning. Hart, optimism seems to all of a sudden be flowing like the dunks around town again. Everyone believes it's 2004 Red Sox all over again. Now just in basketball form, zero and 150. What? No way. No how. No, sir. How in the world has it spun around so quickly to have had? Did the Celtics play so badly that everyone saw them come out and actually just play? I don't know a decent basketball game and that's completely changed their minds and convinced them that they can do the damn near impossible. I understand that Kevin Garnett once famously yelled anything is possible in the garden, but when he yelled that, was he thinking that the Celtics could come back from a three, nothing deficit of their own demise and device in the Eastern conference finals and pull off this win? I mean, it's, it's just one game at a time. One. It is just one game at a time. And the the funny thing here is like, you know, any any win you get in the postseason's a, a big win, a good win. Like, well, not really, especially when you're the favorite to win the NBA title and you're playing an eight seed and you're down three, nothing like no, you 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 made the drama in this situation. This is almost like a, a WWE storyline where you're manipulating your fans, like, wait a minute, hey, I feel excited about this, but I'm not sure I should. I think you just like messed with me. You effed with me a little bit here. But the whole backs against the wall thing is it's infuriating. It's infuriating that it takes the backs against the wall to get that effort. And the thing I wonder about is like a scene. It's almost like, you know, when Rocky's up against the ropes, regardless of Mm -hmm. which one, he's going to be up against the ropes and he starts to swing out and he creates like that two feet of separation off the ropes. Mm -hmm. But then like Apollo early on or or um Rocky Four, what's his name? Dolph Lundgren's character. Drago. Just, just grabs him and throws him back into the ropes. Can the Heat do that? Or are you actually punching yourself off the wall out of the corner? Because that's what you have to do. And we talked about it the other day. There was some predictability in there's predictability in the Celtics team. I've been saying it for weeks. And there was some predictability after you quit, after you bottomed out, You said, well, there's a chance they just lay on the ground, flop around, die, and go home. But no, when you bought them out, there's usually a little rebound. Jimmy Williams, former Red Sox manager, what he used to say about some toad would bump its belly on the ground, blah, 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 bounce up. They bounced up. But how far? Like, is is it worth anything? And, you know, you're reading all these stories. Everything that was written over the last 24 hours plus was, should the Heat be worried? Do the Celtics really have momentum? Is is this spin? You know, in hockey, what's the most dangerous lead in hockey? Ooh, a two-game lead. I mean, a two-goal lead. 
is the most dangerous lead in an NBA playoff series. A two game lead is three, one, like bad news for the heat. And then you realize, wow, we're talking about some really dumbass stuff. Cause mm-hmm. the Celtics really haven't played all that well, that consistently and the wild card, which I continue to read the Z word, not the C word. We're fond of the C word around here. Any of them, the Z word zone. Oh, you know, Jason Tatum talking about how they struggled offensively in the first three games because zone messed with their spacing and their timing and their fluidity on offense. Okay, well, sometimes in this life, as you and I both full well know, success is found in the ability to adapt. Like it's it's basically thumbs, Wi-Fi, and the ability to adapt that keeps human beings on top of the food chain. And if they can't figure out how to break a 2-3 zone whenever Coach Spo throws one at them, then they don't deserve to advance any further from where they are. Uh, it's nice that Jalen Brown showed up post game and that he offered those words and seemed to be in a decent mood for the first time. It also would be nice if he showed up tonight in game five. That's a shot. That's no, a it, shot. And it's a merited worthy one Keep too shot. because he's averaging 10 points less per game in this series than he did over the course of the regular season. He's just flat out been bad. B-A-D, not good. He's, he's, he's making strange choices when he drives the lane. Miss like from three. Do you know what, you know what his three point percentage is in the Eastern Conference? In this series? Mm-hmm. No. Tell me it's probably not good because you want, uh, oh, look at, look at the smile. I'm going to smirk as I say his three point percentage. I, I am. No, I'm going to do it for you. It's a, it's one of uh, New England's favorite numbers. Not ever to be worn again by another member of the New England Patriots. 12. 12%. Okay. So you know what that good. means? He's what? due. Nowhere. <laughs> And so are they, and so are so. Hey, okay. Why uh, am I the positive hey, one here? No, no, no. The Department of We're Due checking in. Uh, the Celtics losing record at the Garden this postseason. I guess they're due. Yep. <laughs> uh, the road team in uh, Celtics Heat over the last couple of over the last couple of years in their finals appearances. Uh, the the fifteen and six. I guess the home team is due. Uh, a yep. stat I got from Sean Grandy the other day. The Celtics over their last five third games in a postseason series. So the last five series where they've made it back to the garden for a third time, whether it's, you know, game okay. five or six, they are 0 and 5. So I guess they're due. Ah, see, it's a fun segment, huh? Sometimes we just bang these out on the fly. Who even needs well produced professional radio when you've got. On the fly, breaking Boston. Um, you mentioned earlier the whole Celtics backs against the wall thing. You know what? It's it's almost like they've got this like perverse fetish. They have a, I'm not mm-hmm. going to say sexual fetish. They have a perverse competitive fetish. And they only respond when they put themselves in the S-hole. Like they, like, oh, now they're just really, they're, oh, they're in a, they're in a as they said in Oh Brother Art Thou, we're in a tight spot. Like they're in a pickle, they're in a bind, their backs are against the wall. They painted themselves into a corner and then they come out swinging. Then they come out shooting. Uh, We know that Gabe Vincent has been downgraded to questionable. He's been one of the hot shooting undrafted superstars of Godfather Riley's uh, Miami Heat. Superstar? Well, no, this series. I mean, he's played out of his mind. Yeah, he's serious. Okay, well, he's been one of the stars of of Godfather Riley's Miami Heat this series that could affect him that could play in the Celtics favor I don't even know who the hell would step up you probably would have to play 
Duncan Robinson a little bit more. Yep. You'd ask for Max Struess a bit more. They've all shot well, but then the Heat only shot uh, 25% from three in, yep. in game four. Celtics you shot 40%. Defense. You know why? Defense. Nope. Why? Very simple answer. Why? They were due. They were shooting 50% from three. They're a 34% shooting team. They were due to have a game that made them look like their regular season selves, like they shoot normally. They were due. So you can mock my they were due theory here, but... No, it's our theme. We have a theme today. This is excellent. Okay, well, they were due. Now, the flip side of of that is this Malcolm Brogdon story that he is dealing with a partially torn or torn tendon in, in his elbow that's causing swelling it's affecting his That's shooting why he had started... like that uh iron mike sharp forearm yeah. sleeve on yeah yeah and you know we've talked about it a guy that's been so consistent all year it felt like there had to be something going on that was causing the poor shooting and his in- inability to impact the game in a positive light um that's not ideal but i don't think you need him like it, it's a weird i think the celtics have the depth to overcome it i mean we saw grant williams step up i saw you can bring stats from Turner. Twitter. I can bring stats from Twitter. Do you know Grant Williams is the third best three-point shooter in NBA playoff history? Uh, he's actually the 10th best. Oh, I guess I can't believe Twitter because it had him <laughs> at like 46% per- percent yeah. behind Steph Curry and Rajah Bell. Now nah, he's like uh, uh, Rich Keefe did it on the Rich Keefe show Wednesday evening. He is the he is in the top 10 all time in terms of three-point percentage in the postseason, which is bananas. Well, not really. Yeah, that's how it works. Like, yeah, this, I think it's bananas that Al Horford was second in the NBA in, in three-point percentage during the regular season. Mm-hmm. Like, those things just kind of pop up. Grant Williams, remember last year when he turned into Mr. Corner 3, Corner Office? Corner Office, kid. And he was, like, in the top couple, maybe led the NBA for a while, and everybody's praising him. So that happens with three-point shooters. But, like, we have joked about it, and I was listening to Grandy on the broadcast the other night coming home from aforementioned Rich Keefe show, mm-hmm. and... He, he actually said, um, was sort of a, in a funny tone, do we need to acknowledge right now that Grant Williams might be the best Celtic on the floor early on because Tatum was turning the ball over as mm-hmm. he is wont to do, but nobody seems to notice or care because they like to. Oh, oh no, 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 no. He was, he was absolutely disastrous with the ball in his hands early. He cleaned it up. Brown had issues the whole game, but they only had 10 oh, turnovers. They only had Jason ten Tatum had a bad first quarter. They only had oh, ten. I know. Never happens. Whoa, it only whoa, happens like five shot. out of six games. Oh, so I He's guess like you could say. I guess you could thing. say he was due, and he was. He's he was due, due to, to have one of those He's games. Due to play four quarters and not suck. And now tonight, I believe he's due to have another one of those dominant performances. Let me ask hey, you nice. this: Do you believe? And it's a lot. It's a lot. Like so, you've got you've got a Gabe Vincent injury. Jimmy Butler was singing after the game saying they might have some wine and beers. Everything's going to be all right. So they're going to so, be hung over. So could they be hung over or could they be in that state? Sometimes you get into where you're like, I ain't worried about a thing. Right. The heat may come in very relaxed tonight, but the crowd should be lit. Still hasn't really mattered that much this postseason. Jason Tatum due for a big game. Can you ask Derek white to have another great all around game assists, rebounds, points, three three-pointers or more, blocking shots. Will Grant Williams do Grant Williams things? Will we be granted? Whatever he sings in that silly commercial. And can Jason Tatum play a four-quarter game and do what Charles Barkley predicted post-game and turn this into an ass-whooping tonight, let alone win? Because the Celtics, remember I said the the weird competitive fetish? They were one-and-a-half-point dogs in game four. Now they're back to seven-and-a-half-point favorites. That makes me uncomfortable. 
Um, it's funny because of all the things you just sort of talked about, the one I'm least confident in, and this is, you know, Andy's a Tatum hater, is Tatum tater. together yeah. four quarters. Tater. Tater <laughs> is a uh, is four quarters from Tatum. Because I just haven't seen it more. Now, talk about he's due. He's absolutely due for that. Other than game seven, every playoff game he's played for about the last six to eight has included either a fourth quarter he took off, a sloppy start in the first quarter, bad shooting in the first quarter. But I think Jalen Brown is the guy that's due because oh yeah, he is, he is a – I think he's a dog, and I think he – knows he hasn't played well and is probably feeling fortunate that he's still playing at all. Not, I don't mean on the floor, but his team is still playing with the way he plays. I think he carries himself thinking, I'm a key part of this team. I'm a key part of if we want to win, I got to be good. I think he is due. I actually feel really good about Derek White. I know Spolstra was talking a lot about Derek White's importance and the speed and the spacing and the pace and that the Celtics are trying to play a little bit more up-tempo. And I love that. You know, Rich Keefe and I were joking the other day about – Early on in game three, maybe, there was like a fast break where I think Brown went to Tatum, who went back to Brown or vice versa. And you're like, yeah, you know, you guys can do that more often. You're like, you're elite athletes that can run the floor. It doesn't have to be one of you does something. One of you slows it down and goes one-on-one. Or one of you just goes one-on-two to the basket. If you two play off of each other, it would magnify your abilities to embarrass defenses exponentially. And I just have a feeling that's what the I have the feeling you will see an Eric Spolstra timeout within the first three and a half minutes of this basketball game. I think you said it. The garden will be rocking. I think that they're going to come out running and gunning. I think you will see dunks and fast breaks, steals, because Jalen Brown has played at times very impactful, including in game four defensively. There was a portion there where it was like steal, layup, steal, dish, layup. And he can impact a game that way. I, that's my prediction. Three and a half minutes in, you will get the old timeout, timeout from Eric Spolster because they're getting rocked. There's the Andy Hart prediction of the day within three and a half minutes. The over under, which bet are you taking, folks? That's breaking Boston's first ever. If only we could get FanDuel to throw that one up there for us. <laughs> will Eric Spolster call a timeout within the first three and a half minutes because the Celtics are taking the fight to him? All right. Uh, we got a couple other quick things I want to get to before we wrap up today's edition of Breaking Boston. So let's do the all too early, likely to go wrong predictions. I got the Celtics winning tonight. I don't see it as an absolute floor mopping, arse whooping, and blowout city like Charles Barkley had said. I do think, I don't know, I I, I got I got heat and six as my revised prediction. Like I told you before, Celtics will come out win big tonight, go down to Miami, then get up big, and then they're going to dilute us all for a few sweet moments into thinking over Memorial Day weekend. Holy smokes, they're going to do this. And then Jimmy Butler will re-enter the equation. Uh, but for now, I see the Celtics taking it one game at a time. Maybe we'll have Mala, Pedro, Poppy courtside. If we see Poppy courtside, no way they lose tonight. No way they lose. So I got the Celtics winning comfortably. Uh, I also have the Celtics winning comfortably. They get off to that lead where Spolster calls the timeout three and a half minutes into the Time game. Out. Time Jaylen out. Brown, Jalen Brown tells all you haters out there like you to STFU, puts up a solid, consistent performance. He will hit a couple threes early that warns everybody, oh, okay. Hopefully he'll hit his free throws, which has also developed into a bit of an issue for him. That's been a bit A little for bit him. of an issue. $300 million doesn't go as far as it used to. You can't even hit free throws. <laughs> 44% he's shooting free throws at. 44%. Yeah, it's not ideal. 
So I think he's in his own head, and maybe that hat he was wearing post-game kind of squeezed himself out of his own head, so mm-hmm. he's ready to play in Game 5. Um, or I, I or think, was or was he wearing a prison yard jumper, and that's where he's going to pull off? Yeah, there's a lot of options there. He also looked like the mechanic who was a little yeah. chilly in the uh, garage <laughs> in the winter. Does he change your oil? There's a lot of options there. Um, but no, I, I think this is them. This is drama. And then things get interesting. We're going to be talking mm-hmm. about, huh, 3-2, is this... Is this really getting interesting? Are the Heat starting to tighten up? Are the the Heat role players like, wait a minute, um, are we do we really need to keep doing what we've been doing? Because I'm not going to hit 50% of my threes for the entire series. And then we'll get to game seven at some point. I think this goes seven. So I think in order to get to game seven, oh, they probably should win tonight. That would mean they win Saturday night. Oh, just get to Saturday night. I need a Saturday night game. A little something else to look forward to the rest of the week. Uh, I'll probably run out of things to say to the relatives in town over Memorial Day weekend by about 730 Saturday night, which means I can turn my attention to the pregame, put on the TV and be like, sorry, guys, I got to watch this for work. Sorry. It's guys. work. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> doing, I got to do work. Yeah, no, I'm going to be. Yeah, I'm on the radio Sunday morning with Hart from 10 to it 1. So we need something to talk about. It is. You have a beer in your hand. You're uh, working with a beer in your hand. You don't? Well, obviously, you chose poorly. And you chose wisely, tuning in each and every day to Breaking Boston, where you get everything you need to know about the wide world of Boston sports to feed your ever-loving, never-ending Boston sports super fandom. Real quick, Andy, two things, and then we'll wrap it up. Florida Panthers, sweep hereafter. The sweep goodnight. Sweep dreams. Matthew Kachuk with the game winner with less than five seconds left. What a heater. What a legendary run this guy's been on. To think that the Bruins were a Brad Marchand breakaway, that they were just holding off things for one minute to go in game seven away from maybe not going on the same run that they did uh, in knocking out uh, the Carolina Panthers and the Toronto Maple Leafs. But I'll tell you, these Panthers are on an epic run, and they have earned their appearance in the Stanley Cup Finals like few teams I can remember. Dusting the Bruins in seven and then cleaning the clocks of the Maple Leafs and then absolutely just whipping a four-game sweep of the Canes. It's impressive. It's very impressive. It's what I've been rooting for. Um, sort of as a Bruins fan, I said, if you well, if you find out you lost to the, the, the horse that is the Stanley Cup champions, maybe it makes you look a little better because you're the only one that really uh, took the fight to them. Yeah, you and, and Brooks Kepka. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Matthew Kachuk is just... I think he, I said this at the time, he controlled the series with the Bruins. He played the Bruins like a fiddle. And now he continues to just be the centerpiece of this run. Like it, it's unfortunate that hockey doesn't get the overall sports attention it deserves. Like Jimmy Butler is lauded for his postseason play and the dog in him and the way he can control games and series and all those things. Matthew Kachuk is at another level this spring. It's, it's really remarkable to watch with a, what was it? Four seconds left to send yeah. his team into the Stanley cup. But like, that's just cool. I'm sorry. You can't hate that. You, I know he was a dink in the series and he had cheap hits and he, but you can't Hockey hate player, man. That's right. You can't hate, you can't hate that. No, it's, it's incredibly impressive. And I wonder how Bruins fans are trying to write themselves emotionally to the inevitability of the Bruce Cassidy versus team that knocked you out of the Stanley cup playoffs, Stanley cup final. I bet there's a lot of hate watching. In the region. Yeah, and I'd be I rooting for the Panthers there. I think I will be too. I don't want to watch Cassidy win. That's not what I want. No, that's it. That's just going to make me more uncomfortable. And as it is, I'm pretty uncomfortable every day. And lastly, we'll talk about this more later today on Six Rings and Football Things. Make sure you tune in. If you're catching this this morning or at any point, we will have live on Friday morning, I believe, 
Our reaction to breaking news about the New England Patriots, two OTAs were canceled, uh, likely for some sort of competitive practice violation. No, I don't think there was contact. I don't think they were doing anything. Of course, the, the region-wide res, uh, response and funny little tweet is like, oh, look, the Patriots are cheating again. Looks like they're trying again. So I, I guess you could take that uh, as a positive as well. And we'll also have uh, Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus on to argue with Andy about what Pro Football Focus means, why we <laughs> should actually take stock in their statisticals, uh, what they thought of the Patriots draft and their roster. But Andy, quick take about the OTAs and we're out. Uh, not a huge deal. I mean, this happens, I feel like, on an annual basis now in the summer. Pete Carroll's done it. I think the Cowboys multiple times have done it. It's the new age CBA negotiated limitations that are really strict on the offseason program. I think you also have more modern athletes that are willing to be whistleblowers and say, wait a minute, we did some things in week three in April that are not really supposed to be done. Um, maybe it was overly competitive. Maybe the coaches were out there a day they shouldn't have been, whatever the uh, the exact rule they broke. I don't think oh. it's a huge deal. And it allows Bill Belichick extra time to get to the garden for his buddy uh, Brad Stevens and some pizza in the luxury box before game five. Yeah, nobody was going to be cheering him with free pizza in hand in Foxborough today, but he'll get all the love and then some tonight at the garden. Game five tonight, tip off 830 TNT, breaking Boston. Game five reaction tomorrow morning on your favorite podcast feed, the Odyssey app, weei.com and more. For producer Cooper Leonard, the Coop. Jumbo Hart, Fitzy GFY, thanks for listening. Breaking Boston each and every day. Let's go Celtics.